Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with dimples and the beard. No, I didn't. Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was someone to show you. It was pretty funny. You want to show me? Is it in your pants? All right, open the bar. I'm gonna to need to get drunk to see this. It's my dad. You're, this isn't started the way that I. No. Yeah. Your dad. So my dad came up for Thanksgiving, and he's he like, did. he brings stuff. He always brings stuff, and he always puts stuff in envelopes, and he writes on the back of used envelopes. Blah blah blah. Used envelopes. You know. No bad. So he'll he's got a list of things he always put right that he got to talk to Kevin about when he gets here. And inside right. he goes, he put he goes. Ah, I, I'm go, he's decluttering. So he goes. I got a picture of you and your old girlfriend. Very nice picture. So I wanted you to have it. So I threw it in the envelope that I knew I was going to bring up to talk to you about. Okay, it was a big envelope. It must have been a big picture. It, it wasn't. It was a small one. Oh. <laughs> and then he didn't notice until he opened the envelope when he got here. He's like, ah. Well, it was a big envelope, so I cut it. There's my picture of Eddie Brock. <laughs> Her heads are cut off. Wait, hold on. And he's Let's like, see. "No, that's in the garbage Let's at see. home." So, but I, but I brought that for you. <laughs> Why is she grabbing your tit? She liked me. Was that where were these? These look like formal pictures. They were. They're like, kind of our engagement picture. Oh, how sweet. How sweet it is. Yep. So, he's, so he, he opens the envelope. He's like, you know, I'm not a dumb man. I said, but yeah. Yeah, I would save that forever. And then, and then yeah, I'm gonna put, I might, I think I might put that up somewhere. Not on the podcast side. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Uh, I'm like, no. And then he's like, so when I get home, do you want me to send you the top? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, dad. Take it out of the garbage. I'm good. I've I've got some buried away somewhere. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails with Dimples in the Beard. We can't bring you the hot ladies that we're normally bringing you. We got a can't be hot. We can bring some hot dudes. We got a. I know. I'm just saying. We got a good looking dude who. Uh, Let's continue with some hot dudes. Yeah. Who uh, is for the ladies. He knows everybody. He knows all the good looking ladies. Some of them that we've had on. Funny ladies. Yeah. It's a, it was fun going through a stream and seeing yeah. like oh yeah we talked to her yeah we have yeah, talked to him absolutely. Absolutely. He's a good guy. Excited to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. John Solsis, writer, producer, 
podcast developer. I don't know. We're gonna have to studio head. We're gonna have to ask him what titles he. He's, I mean, he's still technically a comedian. I mean, he's retired, but he's a, he's a retired stand-up comedian. He's a comedian, <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, you did he's hold that title forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, he's he's done more with mics than I have. So well, I don't know how long well, he did it seriously for. He's like done more that. with mics, but you've done more with Mike. Okay. Mics. Okay. Let me just. Okay. Was that necessary? <laughs> it makes me laugh. Uh-huh. Makes you vacillate. <laughs> All right. Can you... All right. Can you do your part so we can let him in? Oh, uh, we don't even go on. Give us a t- uh, give us a like, please subscribe. We're not begging. We're just asking. No, we're begging. We're be- I'll beg. Put a comment. Tell your friends. Forward it to your friends. Tell your friends you tell don't you, like. Tell your enemies. <laughs> Leave a comment. We appreciate that. And then we can, uh, we'll respond. We respond to every comment. I mean, it, sometimes it takes a while to get to them all, to talk to them all, but we do. We answer them ourselves. We don't have, we do it. We answer ourselves. So never, so let's not keep a sexy man waiting. So without further ado, I I'm the sexy man. Without further ado, John Sosa's. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Hey, John. Good. It's uh, it's only Wednesday, but we're doing okay. We're surviving. Halfway home. Halfway home. Yes. How, guys? How are you? Good. Good. We're real good. Thank you for joining us, John. Yeah, this is so, this, you have you have so many titles. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you okay. go through what they are. <laughs> what, Thanks for having me. I I don't have. T- I don't. Uh, how many titles do I have? I don't really have. I mean, writer producer. I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, 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 we were before you came on. We were just talking, but I mean. You're a comedian. I mean, you're a retired comedian, but you're still a comedian, right? I mean, or... I, I I try to get more specific. I usually say comedy writer just for the sake of comedy writing. Yeah, I I did do stand up. Right. I am not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's it, people love the attention. I can, like this. I can do. I can do the podcast thing when I have a room of people staring at me. Not interested. Uh, sure. How, like, like, how how long did you try stand up? Because yeah. you, I mean, you did try it for a little bit, didn't you? <sighs> I was doing it for like four or five years and then I got sick. And then after I got sick, I was like, yeah, I don't need to go back to that. Okay. Um, Yeah. So about four or five years, but it was like four or five decent years just because my trajectory was very weird. Like, are you guys familiar with Opie and Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my first weekend doing stand up, I won an Opie and Anthony stand up competition. Oh wow! Yeah, they're so, that's big. Yeah. So right away, I was I was like starting to get spots, and I still took a, t- a comedy class. But at that point, I was opening up for people that I shouldn't have been. I had no business opening up for certain people. <laughs> it w- it was just a weird trajectory that made me think that I was succeeding so i kept doing it even though i hated it every single time oh wow okay uh, yeah I, I i tried not especially like had having come from working at a comedy club like getting the job at the comedy store and running the studio there it was very i needed to make sure i wasn't telling people that oh yeah i'm a former comic like i don't want i didn't want it to seem like this was my way into doing stand up again. So I, I don't even talk about the fact that I do stand up that often. That I did stand up. It also feels like when you say you used to do something, it feels like you kind of failed at it. Sure, sure. But I mean, if it was something you, you never truly to, loved, yeah, yeah, you chose to retire. Yeah, exactly. I I, I chose the life <laughs> that life didn't choose me. 
Yeah, there you go. But going back to that, we do have we've talked to a lot of comedians, and it seems like it's very common that at first it's always scary and it's it's you know you're nervous, but once you're out there, you love it. But it seems like that never happened yeah. for you. I mean, you you do love the adrenaline rush. I think even when I I did like my retirement show. Yeah. Um, on a friend's show at the comedy store where I just did a final five minutes of old material. And even when I got those laughs, that thing sort of creeps in. That's like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You could, you could do this if you want to. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I just don't want to, I got to remind myself. I just don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. I, li- I like, I like being the friend who I like being the funny friend. Like I could go out with my friends and they're like, Oh, so this is hilarious. Or like, he's the funny, he's the funny one in the group. I like being uh, just conversationally funny. The, the same thing with like my favorite comics are the ones that are funny off stage. They're sure. funny on stage too, but the ones that come off stage and can still be funny in a normal conversation. Those are the people I gravitate towards funny people in general. They don't even have to be comics. Right. Um, so I kind of like that role where I get to be the be- behind the scenes guy that understands comedy yeah. and can help people if I'm asked, but I also wasn't sitting there like, oh, this joke would be better if you added this tag or you, the punchline is this, or I, I try to stay away from that for the sake of not making people, like I'm not an elder statesman. Right, sure. Not someone who had so much success <laughs> that I could just come down and be like, hey, this is how the joke would work better, or maybe you switch it here. It, it I, I had no interest in doing that, so it's it's just, yeah, it's it's... It never came back to me, but I can understand people's addiction to it. And I understand there are a lot of bad comics, like especially the people who are doing the the open mics around here. (laughs) There are a lot of bad comics who like just getting up in front of people. They don't care that they don't get laughs. And you see a lot of that out here. It's very weird. They they probably prefer the laughs, but they'll go night after night after night after night not being funny and still continue doing stand up. To them, it's like to them, it's like a night of bad karaoke, and then they go to their job the next day, and it's just like if I do good, fine, but if not, it's just who cares, right? Yeah, a lot of them are like the accountant at work who's like, yeah, I'm also a stand up comedian. It's like, <laughs> okay, that title is very loosely. You're throwing that title around very liberally. Like you're not a stand-up comic. You are somebody who gets on stage and tries to tell jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious to, because you said that. What? Where do you think that line comes in? When do you officially become a stand-up comic? I mean, is it when you sell a ticket? When you sell a ticket, or when it's when it's such a passion that you just know that that's, you know, you're gonna you're gonna do anything to do it. I mean, it's it's a good question, and I'm not the person to give like the definite. I'm not the be all end all, obviously. But um, in my personal opinion, I think there there are people who um, people who get up every night as they're trying to get to that place. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing because if you, if you want to ask me like a black and white answer. When that is your main source of income, you were a stand-up comic. Sure. Like you're not an accountant when you're when you're in college, even though you're training to get to that place where you're an accountant. You're not. You can't go around calling yourself an accountant. I look at doing the open mics as going to col- college for being a stand-up. And sure, sure. you can't call yourself a comic if you're not con- consistently being paid. Maybe you're not being paid the amount that you can live off it right away. But I feel like if you're constantly being paid for your work, you're now that you're in that field. Sure. sure. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you were, yeah. you were in New York for, you are born and raised in New York. 
Yeah, born and raised Brooklyn, and then uh, two years ago, I took the dive and came to this uh, cesspool. <laughs> oh man, where are you? Where are you guys based? You guys are in Wisconsin, right? We are. Yeah, good okay. old Nina, Appleton, Wisconsin, <laughs> closest city anybody might know. Only because there's yeah. a comedy club here, so we get we get I mean, some. Listen, that's all you need. Yeah, we get we that's get some. Of the one, good, yeah, we get some of the good names in. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm from New York, and uh, it's it's definitely a culture shock when you come to this place. Sure, <laughs> you were in, you were in the music industry out in New York. What'd you do in in the music industry? Yeah, so I was a production director for Warner Music Group, specifically. Like I oversaw the team, but I specifically worked with uh, Atlantic Records, and it was just a lot of putting the albums together, getting uh, re- releases out for for the artists, and then that was on the operations side. And then I also wrote and produced two scripted comedies for Warner music group. One was labeled, which is um, just a, a comedy about a record label. And then we did a spinoff with an artist from Atlantic records, Anya Marina, uh, independent woman. That was uh, a mockumentary following Anya as she gets dropped by her major label and becomes uh, an independent artist again in the new technologically savvy streaming world. Sure, um, very very funny. I was I watch her. She's 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 funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Anya's great, and she she actually she's on tour right now with Nikki Glaser. She opens for Nikki. So oh, wow. yeah, it's just like a small world how everybody knows each other. And <laughs> yeah. so what fun. what prompted the move to LA? How did you get how did you get involved with Comedy Store? So, uh, so very random, I guess. So working at, I was at the label for 14 years and I think the pandemic realized, made me realize everything was get. it was just getting monotonous and it was, I felt like I was in a loop. It was just like every day, same exact thing. And I, it was, it, I guess it had it, had the pandemic not happened, there's a good chance I still ended up there. I sure. still stayed at the I still stayed at the label because I guess going into the city every day, going into Times Square, it felt like a change of scenery and things were changing. There was always someone dead on the floor or getting <laughs> mugged or fights breaking out. You got something more than where yeah. I was in South Brooklyn. Um, and then I just somebody sent me a comic sent me a link. I guess the comedy store had posted to their the comedy store had shut down because of the pandemic and they posted to their Instagram uh hey we miss you guys something to that effect and then it was when we come back we want to create a media division and do podcasts and Mm -hmm. do a record label and do content and i'm like oh i do all of that (laughs) uh it's worth reaching out so i reached out uh the uh, one of the comics who i guess had been secretly doing it in the comedy store basement during the pandemic reached out to me was and I happened to be coming to LA the following week just to see friends it's like hey do you want to meet I said sure met uh, met with him I guess I passed his his is this person sane test because that's <laughs> all that all they needed at that point well, I was gonna say or maybe the requirements are you're not so sane. Requi- <laughs> the, the bar is very low it's the comedy <laughs> store the bar is on the floor so it was more of like a competency thing. Can this person speak English and communicate to our owner? And I was Perfect. like, I can do that. Um, so th- it, it also happened that at the end of the week, the owner of the comedy store was going to be in town. So we all went to dinner and yeah, I started consulting for the store. I got them a distribution deal through uh, a, through Warner Music Group. I got them a record label distribution deal. We launched the record label. 
Um, and we, so I, I continued, I guess that was March of 2021. The store was still not open, so they couldn't really offer me a role yet. And then when they opened up in June, I officially got the offer. Uh, I prepped the label and I was just like, hey guys, I'm out. Uh, and then in August, I was officially starting. So in August, I moved out here. Yes, I guess it was like two months between taking the job and and officially starting it, starting it in August. And that was it. It was basically like they posted something to Instagram. I, I called their bluff. Wow. I was like, oh, you're really starting a media division? Well, I just so happened to know comedy, production, yeah. and running a record label. Yeah. You're either going to do it or you're not. You're not going to, you're, you're not likely to find someone that has all of those skills. Right. Right. In the time period that you want to, when the, the store opens back up. And like, I'm sure there are plenty of people that are able to do what I did, but in that like small window of when he wanted to launch it, I was like, it would be dumb for him to pass on me. Sure. Sure. You got one option at this point, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it has a big move too. I mean, yeah. Right. For yeah. It was, move. it was, it was, it was a lot. It's, I would not recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Especially I mean, when we have like this many Lego, which is a problem. <laughs> and we will, well, we'll, we'll definitely get to that because I'm going to say the same thing. We had, we talked to Katie Hettenbach a couple nights ago and yeah. say the same thing I said to her or say the same thing I said to her to you. Be, building friendships is definitely one of my favorite podcasts. I love it. It's, it's a great watch it's because it's something unique and something different. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah. And I love what you're doing there. So we'll definitely get to that. And it's funny because I learned about you first. I knew your voice before I knew who you were because I would watch some of the comedy store podcasts and okay. I hear your voice as a producer. I'm like, okay, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And then finally it all came around and, you know, so, so when I, just for the, re just for the record, people, people think that that was like part of my master plan. It really was like, I just want to produce the things. And if you need a, a voice, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. I didn't want to be a voice on three different podcasts there. Oh, but so people think like, oh, so this is on another podcast. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like sometimes the host just needs that extra person to talk to. So here I am. Right. Yeah, for sure. And you well, definitely work. So, I mean, yeah, you see producers, talk you see producers <laughs> talking on all sorts of podcasts. So, I mean, I, I've just become used to, I mean, the producer yeah. on a lot of shows is part of the show. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that, we've got that, ours makes... duct tied in their mouth tape so they can't talk. But. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, uh huh, yeah, no, it, it makes it makes sense, but also my whole thing was we had to build it from the ground up. Like, if we talk about my mentality for building the podcast network, the comedy store, as they constantly were, the boat has set like set sail on a lot of things before the comedy store decided let's jump on that bandwagon sure. and one of them was podcasting so if you look at the biggest podcasts in the world right now they're all store comics you have santino bobby rogan whitney annie esther yeah. i mean we could we could just keep going they've they, they this all a lot of this marin yeah. all started in their basement like not not literally but like they could have had it all in their basement yeah, before they, they, yeah, the curve, and that's nobody's fault. Nobody knew that's where the curve was going. Right. So, like my mentality was invest in, like being there for a few a few months, watching the talent, invest in the people who you think are going to be the next big names in podcasting, and then let them do their thing. So, I again, like, I never wanted to be. I hate my voice. I don't want to subject people <laughs> to it. 
just some of the reviews on Justin's podcast just reaffirmed my hatred for my voice. They weren't fans of it. Um, so it was really just, I really wanted to focus on the talent and let them do their thing. And then I just happened to be a voice on some of them. Sure. sure. So when building it from the ground up, like you said, you pick the talent, you pick the shows or do you have to have, do you have a team that brought you ideas or how did you come up with them? Yeah. What a, a team. That's a novel idea. Um, <laughs> no, I was the only employee. It, it was, there you go. It's, it's a problem. It was a problem. We had one guy who was my, he was helping produce them, but like the comedy store is very family oriented in that once you're in the building, you stay in the building unless you do something so bad, you have to be fired. But basically my producer, I guess, before the pandemic, he was the chicken finger guy. Like my producer was Mr. <laughs> chicken fingers. That's what he did. And now he's running, he's producing shows on the podcast network. Cause I literally had nobody else. <laughs> um, and that was, that was essentially it. It was me figuring out what talent to use. And it wasn't just me. Like I would talk to the booker and I would say, Hey, what are you thinking for this? Who do you think is going to be big here? Who, who here? And yeah. there were some like Justin, I think was talking to other networks and I was like, listen, we're trying to get some of our respect back. I think the comedy store had done things incorrectly to the point where comics didn't want to, they weren't clamoring to work with the store on things. Sure. So we sort of had to give them a good deal. We had to, we had to be like, Hey, we're not, we're, we're, we'll give you way better deals than you're getting anywhere else on the record label side also, because we're launching a record label competing against 800 pound gorilla comedy dynamics. Uh, there were a few others at the time that I think 800 gorilla, 800 pound gorilla swallowed up. So it was like, all we have to offer is more rev share, which is kind of a big thing coming out of a pandemic. And sure. we just, we focused on that as we were making these deals with the comics and they were, they were excited to have somebody new there, not from, like, I know there were a few people like Sarah Tiana, I love her to death. She was one person who was like, yeah, I Googled you and I saw that you have an actual resume and that is why I was willing to do the podcast there. Like they hired someone who actually had experience mm -hmm. because the comedy store also has the, um, like the door guy process, the door guy right. system, but it's all an internal development system. Like they, ev almost everybody that works there is a comic that wants to be in the system. So I was one of the few non-comics that was doing something creative there. And I think that was appealing to a lot of the comics, like let yeah. us do the funny. And then we need the guy who knows what he's doing on the technical side to do the technical stuff. And I think it just worked out. And um, yeah, just focusing on the talent was what got us where we got, but it just so happened to be at a time where the pandemic was ending. So people weren't filling their lives up with a hundred podcasts anymore. Right, so it was yeah. a slow build, even on even on the horror podcast. Um, it was just a slow build and we knew it was going to be a slow build and we just needed to continue growing. And like, that's why we're at Fangoria now with that. It's kind of cool. Katie's just crushing it. Yeah, it's awesome. It is. It is a fun podcast. Yeah, she so, was great to talk with. Yeah, she was. She was a lot of yeah, fun. I love Katie. Katie. Katie's a character. She's great. Yeah, she might have mentioned you a few times. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> we, we may have talked about a certain movie you made her watch. Uh, I mean, a certain three movies listen, you made her watch. <laughs> listen, she said she specifically said, and I quote, do you know any horror films that really focus on ass to mouth? <laughs> 
I said, I know a specific trilogy we can watch. Um, and yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to do those episodes for you so you don't have to put anybody else through them. And the truth comes out. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. we get it. Now we get gonna, it. I, that was that was verbatim what she said. That was word for word exactly <laughs> what she said. So I just don't I want to make sure we get that in the in the open. I love it. All right. I love it. We're cl- glad to clarify that. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I had, to, had to had to not laugh too loud so we could make sure we had that clip worthy. So yeah, no problem. <laughs> If you need me to repeat it, I, I'm happy to. I just want to make sure that the truth is out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you when you got to the comedy store, there wasn't a single podcast there? They, they weren't doing anything? Um, okay, so when I got there, they were, I guess, while as soon as I started consulting, they had been doing podcasts in the basement. It just wasn't, it was a bunch of people messing around. Okay. Um I think they they were they did have some podcasts before I got there, but they didn't have a network. It wasn't organized. And the, the more important thing is they weren't recording on mics. It didn't sound like like <laughs> the comic store podcast was always being done, but it didn't sound particularly great. It was shot in a dark room. It was echoey. Same thing with um, before I got there, we tried to launch the Rick Ingram podcast. And I guess the comic that they had producing it didn't realize the mics weren't recording. So all the record, all the audio that was being recorded was actually coming from the iMac microphone, which was on the other side of the room. Mm. And nobody understood why the audio was so bad. Well, they're talking into the mics. Well, yeah, but the mics aren't feeding into the computer. So we have a problem now. So it was just a lot of comics trying to do cool things, but just not doing like not getting the technical side down. Yeah. And with podcasts, it's like if you don't have good audio, you're it's there's no point. Like the video doesn't matter. It's a podcast. Now, now things have shifted as you guys. Obviously, the fact that you guys have a nice setup, you guys know that the shift is is happening to video. Um, We're seeing a lot of people that that's when we sort of realized one, that our fan base was growing across the network, but two, that the shift was happening. A lot of people were tagging us in um, in their stories where they were watching the podcast on YouTube on their TV. And we're like, OK, the shift is officially happening. Like nobody's sharing stories of a screenshot of the audio playing on their phone. Right, They're taking pictures of them watching themselves, watching the thing on TV. Yeah. Time to make a nicer studio. Time to really amp up the visuals. We built out the Justin set, uh, the the horror set. Then they did the Justin set, like right after I left, and that became like our the focus. Like let's move to video and really, um, yeah, really make yeah, sure we- that we're putting out quality for people to watch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, we learned that real quick. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do an audio only podcast, even if I'm not really paying attention. I like to at least be able to look over and and see what's going on. Like I, I'm a yeah. big fan of Scrubs and and Zach Braff and and Donald Faison do that podcast, but they've never turned it to video. So I watch like or I listen to the first twenty episodes or something, and then I just like I can't do it. I need to be able to see what's going on. Something, so, something about it, yeah. 
Yeah, I, it's it, it turned into radio for me. Anything that has an audio only aspect, I I listen to when I'm in the car and I tr- when I go on my walk, maybe. Sure. Uh, but even on my walk, I'll try to catch up on video. And yeah, sure, I almost get hit by cars, but <laughs> it's it's worth it because I'm I, I don't want to miss anything in the story. Uh, yeah, it's get it's difficult to listen to audio only because especially if you just I I notice everything so. Yeah, you just don't, I don't have my eyes on fixed on something. I'm not paying attention to the conversation. And Marin's another one. Like, if you look at Marin, he's top five, top 10 podcasts every week. Yep. The amount of money he's leaving on the table by not selling video rights and having a company come in and film it, yeah. not putting it on YouTube even. It's like, wow, okay, all right. I mean, I guess he doesn't need the money, but the 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 amount of... uh the amount of reach he has would probably double if there was a video component for people yeah. who just prefer the video component. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the the guests that he gets, because he gets yeah. people, you know, from the, from the entertainment side that people have, I mean, yeah, people want to be able to see him. So you like to see who you're talking to. Yeah. yeah kind of like, but I mean, it just goes to show you how big an influence, how big Mark Marin is that he can dominate podcasts with, without having video. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize like his studio is nice. Like it's not when, when he talks about recording in his garage, yeah, it's his garage, but it's actually, he has it made up to be a studio. So yeah. he, he could potentially get decent video and, and I, I get it. It's, it's like a, a hassle people don't want. I think he comes up from the radio age. So he's focusing yep. on the audio and he's crushing it. So he doesn't need the video, but yeah, yeah it's a generational thing. I think he doesn't, he also doesn't care about clipping. He he doesn't post any <laughs> clips. He'll post a screenshot like, hey, this person's on the pod today. He doesn't post clips where like people, I guess your age, my age, that's the thing. You have to post the clips or it's just not going to because we're still in the growing phase. He's kind of in the yeah, I'll grow if I if if I happen to grow, that's great. But I'm just servicing my fan base now. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. He built himself a big enough audience way back when that he can he can keep doing what he's doing. He's good to go. Yeah so and comfortable and he does great interviews i mean that's the other thing you got to know yeah. how to, you got to know how to conduct a good interview and he's obviously one of the best so he's on it yeah yeah i loved your episode with him by the way it was like too short obviously oh uh, it was so <laughs> but he, watching him try and do legos and yell at you was fantastic <laughs> that it would he's such a good dude and like i that was on me i should have planned it better it was one of those things where i he was someone that I, did, I never needed to bother to do anything for the story. Really had nothing for him to do for us. It wasn't like, hey, come do a podcast with us. Yeah. So it was very easy for me to not bother him for my two years there. And we would talk and and like, uh, like just joke around outside, uh, like outside of uh, the any kind of actual work. But I was like, hey, I haven't bothered you for two years. Would it be cool to get you for an interview? He was like, yeah, absolutely. And then. I was thinking, okay, great. I'm here for another three weeks. We'll figure out a day. He's like, you want to do it now? Let's go down now. And I was like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to, if this is the only opportunity. And I don't know his schedule. So I don't know if he's going on the road. I'm like, okay. And I happened to have the set that I was going to have him do bought and ready to go. And he came downstairs. And then the plan was to get a full 30 minutes and cut it down. And then uh, the problem with the store is a lot of comics are doing rounds. So they don't always show up on time for their spots. And of course I have Marin building Lego and they need him (laughs) right away. So, yeah. So we got to talk about how you even fathom to say, 
suggest this part. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when you asked him if he wanted to do an interview, did he know Legos were involved? Or... <laughs> Absolutely not. Why would I tell him that? Why would I say that? Yeah, yeah. You want to come? I'm going to talk to you. And then you're also going to build a guitar. No, absolutely not. I said, as he was, and I, I was a little like, this is where the producer and me got mad at myself because Katie was sitting behind the board ready to go. I texted her. I'm like, hey, we're going now. She ran downstairs. She was sitting behind the board and I should have told her, hey, record his reaction. He walked in and he saw the Lego laying out. I was like, oh, and like during the interview, it's just a little gimmicky thing. We build Lego. And like, I was like, and I got you a guitar. It's super cool. It's a Fender. Like I sold him on it. He didn't hesitate at all. He walked behind. He sat down. I was like, yeah, there's your mic. He put on the mic. He, he's just, he's the fucking coolest. I think he's at the point in his life where it's like, if it doesn't hurt me, I'm just going to, there's no point saying no. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he had no clue that there was Lego involved and it just turned into one of my favorite things ever. That's awesome. He, he is definitely, when it, when you say the word cool, yeah. he, his picture is in the dictionary next cool. He yeah. is a, he is a cool dude. Like he nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it all going. What a bummer having to cut it short. Like you said, you'd like to do the sit there and talk. Well, to I'm for hoping all. there's no, there's zero chance in hell that he finished that Lego set. I, oh, right, I guarantee right. it because I, I saw him put it in the back seat of his car. He doesn't <laughs> have kids. I imagine he's never gone into the back seat of his car since. So my hope is that when I get season three going, I can have a return yeah. and he'll continue that set. That's like the hope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then depending on where, if I put it on a platform or something, I mean, uh, I won't be recording I'm going to be recording in a new studio. So it'll, it, I'll, I'll try like for that day, I'll try to find a studio that's convenient for him, but <laughs> I am going to try and get him for a continued episode nice. uh, next season. Nice. And so what everybody knows, everybody knows Thank what we're you. talking Thank about you. building friendships with John Sosis. You bring in some of the, the biggest comedians and make them build Legos and talk to you at the same time. Yeah. And it's a pretty dumb, dumb thing that I did uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, it, it was kind of fun. And I realized how funny it could be. And uh, that then then I came out here and I had access to all this town. I'm like, all right, we got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Oh, so you're doing that in New York already. I was doing that in New York. I think I did eight episodes with just friends in entertainment. So it was like Bethany Watson from Z100. She's a Wisconsin gal. Oh, OK. Um, Dennis Callow, uh, Cena and Meltem, uh, Gold Turk. Chanel Omari from Bravo, uh, just like all all of my uh, Casey Cohen from Bravo, just a bunch of friends that are in entertainment. I thought it would be interesting to test it out, and it worked. And I was like, okay. And yeah. then I didn't do anything. My first, my two years here were I I was working twelve thirteen hours a day at the store, so I didn't have time to really do it. And then. Because the store is open six days a week, including weekends. So it was sure. like during the day, I had to do business stuff because that's when people are actually working nine to five. And then, and New York's ahead. So I had a few hours in the morning, but whatever. And then at night, I was at the club producing stuff, schmoozing with comics, figuring out other things. So I had no time to do this. And then once I decided to leave the store, I was like, okay, now's the time I can knock out 21 episodes in four weeks holy wow. shit <laughs> so you oh the, yeah it was, it was crazy went, went to town okay wow yeah. we squeezed it in yeah we That's had gorilla style 
Yeah, we, we almost had 23 episodes and then uh, two comics moved. So I'm going to try and get them on next season. Let me guess, Austin? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's I go imagine back. They'll, I, I imagine they'll be back fairly soon. <laughs> All right, but we got to, before we gloss over, touch on the fact that you crammed these through and you had 21 sets sitting around that you could just give to these comics to build? No, or... I... I, I uh... I'm trying to think of what the sets were like my set. There were a few episodes where I'm building the same set. I try to complete a full set across at least two episodes or three episodes. Uh, no, I just went to the store. So, so the whole point of what I do is I try to pick a set that relates to the comic in some way. Sure. So Fahim's, if you watch the Fahim episode, yep. we talk about it. He had my first project when I got to the store was producing Fahim's comedy special. And one of my favorite jokes on the special is a fast and furious joke. It's just a throwaway joke that I love. And so I got him the fast and furious set. Sarah Tiana is known for being the sports genius that she is. Yeah. I got a FIFA soccer set, the world cup set. So I'm, I'm getting sets that relate to my guests. So I would, as the guest, as I lined up the guests, I would go to the Lego store over here uh, okay. in Glendale and pick up the set. How much money do you figure you've spent in Legos? Ooh, well, I just got about eleven hundred dollars of sets for free because yeah, I was gonna say like, I just saw you doing boxing unboxing videos. I'm like, yeah, I, so, I saw the pictures of all. Is one, that all two, Legos? Four. Yeah, about eleven hundred dollars worth of free sets I just got on the rewards. So, like, I personally, just for the record, I love building Lego. As you can see behind me, it's yeah, not just well, make for the show. So I've spent enough money that a lot of the sets were for free. I would say I spent about a grand maybe on sets, which like I was putting a deck together to like shop the series around for an online streaming service. The cost to produce an episode is so low that it's like, it's stupid. And that's without, that's without like a new, that's with a, a new studio rental that I would do for the next season. So it's just, it's, the sets are like the small end of it. I get $50 sets. The other thing I keep in mind is nobody's going to finish a set. Yeah. Like there's no chance. So I don't have to get right. the biggest set in the world. Like right. Adam Ray, I got him um, this Jurassic Park set behind me. Yeah. yeah. So he did that set. He didn't even get a car done, but that's like, <laughs> that's a set that it's like, it's a cool set. It, it was, there's a reason I got it for him. It was worth the money just to have him on. Like yeah. having him on was yeah. just a great interview. So I don't care about that, that aspect of the money. I just, I hope people are watching it. Like, that's the whole thing for me. It's like, if I'm going to spend the money and put the work into it, not just for me, but for the comics that are giving me their time, that's what I care about. Like, I want the comics to actually be seen because I think it's, I think it's an interview they don't do normally. Yeah. Well, and and I've heard of many times it's different. They're trying to, they're trying to talk or answer questions and they're building and they're like, wait, I got to (laughs) concentrate. Okay, what's interesting, cool. yeah, what's interesting is the stuff I have to cut because oh, they're so distracted they don't realize they say something, like they'll drop a name or they'll drop something specific. And in my brain, that's kind of the point. And then afterwards, I'm like, I hope uh, they don't I hope they don't make me cut that. Yeah. And then there are certain things, certain people will say certain things and I'll feel bad and I'll be like, hey, just letting you know you said this. Do you want to cut? And they'll be like, Yeah, I'm like, all right, I figured. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin people's lives, but right, makes uh, sense. Kind yeah. of funny seeing how people think when they're not thinking about their answers. Right. It's funny you say Adam Ray didn't finish. I watched the episode with Troy Williamson. I don't even think he started. Taylor Williamson. What he was in 
and Taylor Williamson, Taylor love Williamson, him. He's a good friend. He's not. Uh, he's not typically in a bad enough mood that he will attack somebody for an hour. He attacked me for an hour. <laughs> he was just going at me for an hour, and we're friends. He was just. He just needed to get some shit out. He didn't focus on Ant Man. He didn't want to touch Ant Man. He didn't want to put three pieces together. And I was like, you know what? He's in a mood and this is funny enough for me. Let him not get anything done. It's just going to look bad on him. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got good comedy out of it. Cause it was a lot of fun. Right. That's so good. Yeah, no, he's great. It was like a mini roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he and I can go at each other and then he plays the uh, bully card. So I just, I've learned if I play it on him first, he, uh, he, he backs off. Yeah. And I have to admit, he's a he's a comic I've never heard of, but I did from watching him on your show. I'm definitely going to be checking him out. So really, is, I mean, he's yeah, he's really funny. His special comes out next Wednesday. Shout out Taylor Williamson. I helped him with that. Yeah. Um, on his YouTube. He uh, he's really funny. I think there's a collection of comics that do the uh, the AGT stuff and then they get discarded. Because sure. if you, I guess if you win that, you go get your residency and you're at least set. And I think if you, he was the runner up. And I think after oh. that, he got a lot of work from it. And he, it just like, he should be so much more famous than he is. He's really, really funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's funny. I think the same thing about Adam Ray too. Adam Ray has got to yeah. be the most underrated comic out there. That dude is so good. His Dr. Yeah. Phil shit is so good. <laughs> He just, I think he just hit his, he's a content machine also. He, this guy, he'll put out three specials a week. He, Dr. Phil stuff is amazing. Monday he's record, he, we're shooting the one with uh, Matt Reif. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. So That'll that, be big. <laughs> that's going to, that's, yeah. Um, so he, he just, I think he found his thing with the Dr. Phil stuff where yeah. it's just, it's going to, br- the whole goal is th- there's like a whole path that you want people to follow. You want to bring people to your content. You want them to watch your content. Then you want them to buy tickets on the road to see sure. you. Yep. And like he, he, I think he's finally got the thing that are going to bring people to his content, watch his content, then go there. It's very hard to find that, find that thing that moves people to your page. And then they're like, okay, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's just so good. He just, re- yeah, he just recorded a special in Madison. So he, uh, he also, I think, recorded one in Portland and <laughs> He's Seattle. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, the good thing about Adam is he's a stand up, but he can work the crowd in a way that he has continuous content. And he's, he's, and that like that that goes to my I, I talk about this so much it's like annoying but it goes to my whole like argument of you're a stand up versus you're an improviser and like sure. Rife falls into that conversation versus like a Rick Ingram like if they if the audience is coming for something and they leave unhappy then you're the you fall into the ga- category of the thing they were expecting of you and like, like, so with Matt, Matt Rife, as much Netflix special, this, that, when he's, I consider him an improviser because if he does a show and he doesn't do imp- and he doesn't do crowd work and talk to the crowd and do all of that, the crowd will go home unhappy. Right. True. Right. Like yeah. that, that's what they know you for. That's what you're in for. I, I, I consider him a stand up in that a way, in a way that he does write material and performs it, but that's not like that's not the thing. That's not the bread and butter. Yeah. 
yeah. the way that the way that it is for like uh an Adam Ray or I mean someone who doesn't do as much crowd work or who doesn't who isn't known for that. So but didn't he intentionally might Matt Rife that is intentionally on his special not do the crowd work because he wanted to be you know known for that as well because he got big by the crowd work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean So he can do both is what he's trying to prove, I guess. Of course. And have you seen the the reviews of his special? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I it's hard to see the reviews with all the he's getting uh, backlash from the that first joke. He is. Yeah. The, oh. He tells a joke coming out about a girl that about uh, domestic abuse. Oh, OK. I figured it was just all ladies commented about how hot he is. But OK, get so he's, first. he's getting he's getting crap about the joke being about domestic of abuse from women. He's getting attacked about the joke about domestic of abuse because it's a hacky joke like oh you have a black eye because you should be in the kitchen like that's such a hacky yeah sure where if you jesselnick could write a domestic violence joke that will be original and fucking crush right so it's like that that's the other thing it's like if you're gonna do that joke it needs to be original and needs to be funny even if the way he presented it got laughs from the audience which i'm sure it did like it did it's not, it's just such an old joke. Right. It, right yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody was telling these jokes. Yeah. He's trying to be like, I guess the cool kids call them edge lords now. Like I'm oh. opening a special with an edgy domestic violence joke. Okay. All right. Yeah. We get black sure. eye kitchen. We got it. But the funny part was when he and when he was getting crap about it on his page, he's like, click here. Yeah. For my my formal apology. And then when you click, it brings you to a special needs helmet. Yeah, no. And, and that to me, that's funny. That, so he doubled I, down. He doubled down on it. Right. He doubled He doubled down. That was the funny thing that he did out of that whole situation. That right. was the funniest part, which I guess if that's going to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, I, all for it. I do think people are overly sensitive now. You think? Um, <laughs> you think? Yeah, Just a little I, you know, bit. like... <laughs> I think what he did was was funny. I don't think I don't think it helped him at all. It's <laughs> it's it just seemed to backfire so badly. Mm. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what Adam Ray does with him on on Monday. Yeah, that will be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for the Bad Friends episode with Doctor Phil. That's coming out here next week or something. I'm I'm very. I think it comes out. What's today's date? The twenty Friday ninth. Oh, it comes out Friday first. Okay, awesome. there you go. Yeah, it comes awesome. out December first. Uh, I was in New York, so I missed it, but I, I'm excited to watch it. I, can, I I heard it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you you and you helped produce. We uh, we've had Sarah Tiana on, and we loved her special. And you you helped produce that as well, right? Yeah, we, that was my first standard stand up special where it was just thirty straight minutes. Like Fahim's was amazing, and it was the the hat trick. Which for yep. those who don't know the the history of the comedy store, the hat trick is when you do the same set in all three rooms of the store within one night. So mm. that was that was that was Fahim's concept, and it was great, and it it, gave, it gives you a good feel of like, oh, this is the comedy store. And then Sarah's was my first traditional special. We did it during the uh, Netflix is a joke festival, and she's just she's amazing. She's so funny, so smart. She's so committed to comedy and the joke, and making sure it's perfect. Like one of the things I'll miss about working at the store 
is being able to watch the comic night after night after night after night, watching them tweak things, watching them move this joke over here, and then it makes this laugh harder. It's just watching them construct their set in 15-minute chunks. So they do 15-minute sets at the store. So that's either for a half hour, that's two chunks that you kind of have to mastermind or four if you're doing an hour. And that's one of my favorite things, like just watching them come off stage. And sometimes they will come over and be like, yeah, I think I need to move this or this. And then I, if they ask, I will say, hey, this was a big laugh. Maybe move it up a little bit. Or because there's also that perspective, like Chris Rock walks around with three or four guys that take every single note for him, every beat. Yeah. They write it down. And we've seen, we've seen him... He, before he went on tour with Rick Ingram, he uh, he he was there three, four, five nights a week, and his guys were just sitting in the back writing and writing, and this didn't hit, but this hit, and when you said it this way, it worked, and that, and he has a team. Wow, he's still the writer. I'm not going to take it away from Chris at all. He's right. still the one writing the jokes, but his team analyze and they know what he's looking for and how to make jokes stronger. Most people at the club don't have that. So right. they rely on the staff. They they rely on the servers. The servers are sitting there and watch the same joke over and over and over. They rely on feedback from people that are at the store every night and see it. And there was there's a Jesselnik joke where he just the crowd was laughing, but it took them a minute to catch it. And in my brain, and Jesselnik's never some he's my favorite comic there. He's not someone I would walk up to and say, change the word to this. <laughs> no, right. He's anth- right. And it, it's for only because he, he knows what he's doing. He's, and yes. without me telling him, one day he just switched it to the word that I thought it should be. And it crushed. Why? Because the, the word he was using was just it was more syllables. It was a, it was not the more common phrase. And then he just used and I he's he's currently touring and hasn't put out the special yet, which is why I'm being so vague about oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. He changed w- the one word that kept sitting in my mind, like, oh, if you change it to this, you're going to get the laugh quicker. It crushed. And yeah. it's like just watching that. And he's a genius. So he knew that he had to change something. Yeah. He knew it to be getting a different laugh. So it's just great. It was just great watching them constantly work on the same material and just perfect it. And then they go on the road, they test it across the country, and then they shoot their special. Yeah. And they go back to square one. It's just a crazy <laughs> life. And yeah, I'm 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 glad I made the right decision and left it. <laughs> I don't have I don't have that kind of uh yeah. But that's an aspect there that you, most people don't think about. They just see them once, this is where yeah, it is. Move, right, yeah, yeah. They hit or they don't hit, and you move on. But that would be cool to watch the progression. That is cool. Yeah. I mean, even when I would go see stand up before I even considered going, getting into it. Um, yeah. A good comic presents it as if this is the first time they've ever said it to the crowd and you're in on these really funny genius ideas. And then one of the things I hated most about doing stand up was telling the same joke over and over and over, which is why I kind of loved working on Justin's podcast because his stuff the stuff that he did on the podcast was all top, topical news. Sure. And then you would see so he would be able to like, Justin was great at picking out something that had a little bit of life to it. Like just a story that doesn't need to be, uh, doesn't have a, a, a lifespan of a week. 
It's something that could be drawn out for a little longer. And you'll see him talk about it on Tuesday when we recorded. And Tuesday night, he's doing a spot at the store and he's talking about it. That's and there is the Britney Spears bit he does is so good. The Madonna bit he does is so good now. And it's all based off the fact that he just he was able to say, this is something that has longevity. I'm going to include it in my set. Yeah. And I'll let, that show allows him to continue to do topical stuff, see if it works and see how long it can last for. That's the kind of stand-up I wanted to do, but take that was the one downside of the comedy class. They told you you can't do that. They were like, you can't do topical material. And I, I did have the firm belief of stand-up as a job, if you're getting the laugh, you've done your job. Right. Like the crowd needs to leave and say, I just laughed my ass off. Right. And that's why I'll always respect Matt Reif. I'll never say anything about the fact that he does do crowd work or and that anybody does crowd work even though i don't consider it pure stand-up sure um he gets a laugh he gets the job done the people that came to see him are happy the people that came to laugh are laughing job done yeah so for me i always love being able to take a news and that, that's why my dream initially was to to write for to write monologues for late night um i just loved seeing a news story and creating a joke about it yeah. but that joke I had like maybe two or three bits that came from news stories, but were so general that I was able to use them for as long as I wanted to. But some of the funnier stuff that I loved doing was really about topical celebrity stuff that if you don't do it that night, it's gone. Right, right. Sure. Argus right. Hamilton is a comedy store legend that does that. He he spends hours during the day reading the newspaper. And, and doesn't that- he like read the actual paper? Right. <laughs> literally put, takes a newspaper on stage he'll do he has like his his bits he has his his bits about like when he was on drugs and growing up in the 60s and 70s here um but then he'll be like what else and then he just pulls up the paper and he has the jokes <laughs> written already but he'll pull up yeah he he has no, doesn't care i mean listen most people think argus died 10 years ago he's like on <laughs> springs at the store right now um <laughs> But he's he's like a legend, and he 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 oftentimes gets the biggest laugh at the of the night. He's he's usually the surprise of the night for I would say a majority of the customers. Sure, sure, Good. yeah, because they don't expect to see him. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah, they, they they they're like, wait, where are the strings? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> he's a real boy. <laughs> so I'm curious, had you ever been to the store before you before you? No, uh, never. I there? used to pass it, and it was terrifying. I, I don't know why I was terrified of it. I would come to LA a lot. I would do ha. And I think I did one or two shows at flappers. I didn't perform like I didn't perform much here before I uh, stopped before I stopped stand up. So I never did the store at all, but I knew of it and it was very intimidating. So I would drive past it and be like, okay, all right. And then never thought about it again until, until the job post thing until the job came up and i was like all right this is my opportunity to kind of see what this place is about yeah yeah well you really found out what this place was about oh yeah <laughs> you jumped right oh in. yeah so but, I, yeah, we, go ahead okay before we uh go into uh what's your next adventure i want to kind of go creep back onto your obsession of legos because you know what it obviously you you mentioned how you moved and you moved a bunch of sets with you yeah so that prompts up Obviously, it was a kid thing. I'm assuming that you were loved them as a child, or did you grow into them as an adult? <laughs> I mean, so I did have them as a child, but I grew into them as an adult. So I, I mentioned earlier, and I don't like to like 
through the whole dramatics about it, but I stopped stand up when I got sick. So when I got sick, I had to have like three big surgeries and they gave me these painkillers, the louded. Oh, I, 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 I was hallucinating on my couch. My mom's like, who are you talking to? I was like, I, <laughs> We're on the train. What do you mean? <laughs> it was it was like bizarre. I remember it so it so clearly that it felt like I was on a train talking to people. And I was like, I can't be on this anymore. So I was like, I need something to get my mind clear. And I would go into the forums for people who had my 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 same surgery. And someone had mentioned er, uh, Lego. And my sur- it was I had a, a I had ulcerative colitis. So I had oh. to remove my large intestines. So yeah. that so I had to get that whole thing cleared out. Okay. And then I just you you just sit on forums just before the surgery to to learn about what to expect, and then afterwards. And someone mentioned Lego, so they had the this Lego cinema set, which I actually you probably can't see it because it's gray, but it's sitting up there. I bring that with me. It's oh yeah, sure okay. The movie theater set right there. That yeah. was my first so, so everybody's looking at the Millennium Falcon, right? Yeah, oh, I forgot that's up there. <laughs> that's um, kind of a bit, yeah. That was a nightmare getting that guy up there. <laughs> So, yeah, I bought the Lego Palace Cinema set and I was like, fuck, Lego came a long way. Like the details. Oh, and it's everything. crazy. I After that, I'm like, OK, I need to clear my brain. Time to get another set. And I just it, it kept building and building. And that was it. It was just it's a way to clear my brain. I don't smoke. I don't drink. It was like I just needed something that could ground me and clear my brain. I don't think about anything. I'm looking at small fucking pieces. My, my big fat fingers can't lift. <laughs> it's just, it, it just therapeutic. It you find. Yeah, yeah. You just find that thing and you're like, there we go. And that was it. Yeah. So when you build them, everything you built, you keep built. Yeah. Uh, in New York, I had a big display in my place here. I'm building out my display, but I'm running out of room. So <laughs> they're uh, not small sets. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna probably have to put the uh, the sneakers into a new location. Well, it seems like another uh, obsession, but we'll, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I those are my two those are my two vices. It's Lego and sneakers. Um, yeah, I I keep them all. Some of them make it onto display. Some of them don't. So I have like literally sitting right here. This is not. This is gonna be put away somewhere. This is Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. So that's gonna probably get put into storage. This is the one that I built with Marin. This is gonna go into storage. storage. <laughs> like a off-site storage that you got to keep them or yeah what do you mean so I have, I, have, I have storage units in new york because i didn't move ev- i i do think i see myself being back in new york at some point so i didn't move everything over here so i typically ah. like right before i know i'm going to new york on a trip i'll pack everything i need to ship and i'll everything i need to store i'll i'll, I'll just mail it to myself goes right into storage um don't they get busted in in, in the mailing process listen saran wrap does amazing Ah, i saran wrap it all move an inch killer that's a great i've moved my children's sets and they always bust yeah well you can't i can't move them across the living room it's very rare somebody mentions lego without mentioning a child of some sort so it doesn't make (laughs) me feel particularly good i'm sorry Um, but no it's fine listen i'm the problem not not your your child should be playing with lego let me rephrase. I mean, my children now are 20 and 23. So, oh, and my okay. son, my son, who's 33, he's still doing Legos. Yeah. So, no, it's okay. Perfect. My kids, it's bigger. I um, don't feel like a big loser anymore. No, no, no. No, let's um, be fair. I have an eight year old 
and I'm thrilled whenever she gets Legos. I'm like, yeah. all right, I got something to do. <laughs> yeah, People, it's it's weird. There was a point before I uh, before I uh, had my girlfriend where I would talk to a girl and like I would be scared to bring her back to my place, and I was like, do I tell her the Lego were mine or do I tell her that I have a kid? Like, which is a bigger turnoff? <laughs> I mean, I am kind of. I you do have kind of forty year old virgin vibes behind you. You know, it's, like... it's, I didn't know what my backdrop should be, but I'm literally sitting. Three feet from a Lego Thor hammer. I can't imagine a girl walks in here and says, oh, my God, this is hot. I need to fuck you now. Yeah. <laughs> I am very lucky with my girlfriend right now because I, she she is very tolerant and she's actually she's starting to get into Lego. But um, there you go. yeah, this this could have been a major life problem I had to somehow figure out. So if it, were there so if somebody came to you and said, or what if she came to you? Anybody. All right. We need to take get rid of a few. Which ones do you could could you or would that I mean, be like I, if she's going to be that general, I'm going to be like, OK, which bags do you like the least? <laughs> we got to get rid of a few. What purses? Fine. You only have. Like I, the Lego aren't going anywhere. So if you're okay. if you be an ultimatum of you or your or my Lego. Wow. I hey. mean, listen, what, yeah. what am I going to do? It's a matter of principle. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> no, I think I but think you something- have to. Go ahead. What? No, there's there's compromise. I'm willing to compromise, but um, like they don't need to be on display. It's just right now I'm just like a a dude in an apartment alone. What what am I going to do? What was I going to have up here? Fine China? Yeah. No, trust me. You're talking to two guys that get it and don't judge or care. You look at my place. It's it's not Legos, but it's it's other things. So it's. No, but I'm looking at your set and you have like women on the wall. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That, I that's guess, here. Like, but that's our only. This podcast is the only way that hot ladies will talk to us. We've we figured that out. We're like, let's do a podcast where we talk to hot ladies, and they they talk to us. So if I tried to talk to Ashley Hobbs at the bar, uh, uh-uh, ain't happening. <laughs> well, that's the problem. If I try to talk to Ashley Hobbs at the bar, that's not happening either. And then if she sees my Lego, she won't even talk to me on my podcast. Like <laughs> <laughs> she would, I bet you she would love to do a Lego set like you do the interview she would love it she would love it i, I mean I, that next season i want to get i want to have i love the comics and i'm going to have a bunch of them on next season but i definitely want variety for yeah. people in different industries i would love to speak to more people that are in like in the content creation world um music yeah, would be cool i, I could see I some musicians doing those and getting frustrated <laughs> yeah i mean as as dumb as the title building friendships is i genuinely wanted to learn about people that and like what they do that are different than di- other aspects of the industry. Like, I don't think people really understand the ins and outs of being a comic. So like this season was great. If you listen to all of the comic interviews, you're going to learn a lot about comedy and ha- the mind of a comic. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I want to do. I, I, I want, I want to learn about people and then I present it as, yeah, everybody wants to learn about you. So come to my podcast. We'll talk. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I just want to, one horror and I, I want to re- reflect on that. It's like when somebody comes in, hey, let me, and they pick it up. Are you like, no, 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 you can look at it. You don't have to pick it up to look at it. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not, I definitely cringe on the inside. I don't stop them. And I think a lot of them know that, like, a lot of them like, to, a lot of my friends just like to fuck around. So, like, yes, right in, right in front of the the movie theater there, there's like a red carpet with different 
like like they'll just move them around. And I don't know everything that gets changed, but they'll come in here and change stuff Perfect. and move things. It doesn't bother me. It's fun. Like I came home and they made it seem like Dom and <laughs> destroyed Optimus Prime. <laughs> okay. All right. I get it. It's, it, it is funny and I'm going to keep it that way, but yeah, it, yeah. I, I try not to get worked up about fucking Lego. It's, I'm curious. Is there like with, when you do jigsaw puzzles, you can spray that spray mod stuff on it. Oh, is there something for Legos that you can spray on it? That Saran wrap? It's frowned, it's frowned upon in the Lego community. We don't oh. glue things. The whole point of Lego is that Come you on. Them. Come on, Dean. How you, should, you should know better. You should know Come better. On. Jesus. There goes my Lego card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you should know better. That's that's terrible. Sac- sacrilege. Blasphemy. My um at my ex-wife's house, my daughters had um their sets. They had SpongeBob, they had Pirates of the Caribbean, Star Wars, they they would love their sets. They'd put them together and make them. And they had their basement at their mom's where they were set up and sitting around. They rented out their house during EAA. That's something in Wisconsin. Big sign. Do not go in the basement. Family comes in. They get home. The kids must have went downstairs and just busted up every one of them because they wanted to. Uh, they come home and all every one of their Lego sets is, is dismantled. And they're. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I. I. I'm a weird person when it comes to things that entertain me on the internet. Watching people drop big Lego sets <laughs> makes me laugh. Like, I, I, this is the one thing that I, I think I need to go to therapy. There are two things that I watch that really I need to go talk to somebody about. One is watching people drop things on, uh, drop Lego until they shatter. And the other is cars and people slipping on ice. <laughs> it is psychotic. If I need a laugh, because I'm from New York, you're from Wisconsin. Like we know what it's like to step on the brakes yes. and the car does not stop. <laughs> so there I'm are in. videos online of just cars slowly trying to break down a hill and they're just skidding on ice <laughs> and hitting every car side. Yep. I, nobody gets hurt. I don't want right. to watch get hurt. I cry. There's a video of da- a dad picking his daughter up from school. You've probably seen it. It's so it's viral now. But it's a dad picking his daughter up from school and she gets in the car and he just sits there and does commentary because he knows where the ice patch is outside the school and watches the kids one by one fall and they're carrying projects that break. And I (laughs) cry. And I know I'm going to hell for it, but it just makes me feel so much better about everything. You have to Google it. Just like dad laughing at kids on ice. It's just sitting outside of a school watching kids eat shit over and over and then doing oh oh no oh here he comes here he comes here oh there he goes it's just so funny I would, uh, now i want to look now i want to watch that it. would be right up my alley do you have a horror story of dropping a, a set Ooh. um not yet so while i was putting up the millennium falcon up there yeah the hinges that holds it broke like the plastic hinge on the display so it is hanging on by a th- like it's one earthquake away from being a horror story <laughs> so i will report back as soon as that happens i guess i never thought of that all the earthquakes in this, in california this thing could go viral if that happened right now with, with lego sets yeah yeah, yeah no th- this is a bad place to have lego i didn't think about it when i moved it all out here either but uh yeah this is a very bad place to have lego yeah so Obviously, at some point, things took 
went sour at the comedy store and anybody who wants to know that story can i'll promote because we love sarah highland go watch the story on the not cool pot yeah. we don't want you Great to have podcast. to retell the whole story here um, yeah but just kind of a brief synopsis what i mean what went wrong and and um so you can only do so much without money and i think i built like Coming into the comedy store, I built three different media divisions. We had the record label, the podcasting, and the production, yeah. and no actual budget outside of that. So, I mean, just to be civil about it, I've done, I had done all that I could do without now putting money in to grow it. Like, it's one thing I was using the bare minimum. We were producing specials for $4,000, which is unheard of. Like I was doing the bare minimum I could do. I was doing the maximum I could do with the bare minimum. We we're using old broken equipment. If you, the cameras we shot the podcast with, you couldn't even, I guess the, the LCD screen, you couldn't even see stuff on the screen because it was so damaged. So I did all that I can do. And the next thing we needed was investment. And the only way you, you get it or you don't. And when you don't go, get it, you have to just, my contract was coming up. I made it very clear, like, hey, I'm just I gave three months notice so we could try and find a reasonable replacement. Yeah. Whether or not they did that is for I guess the future to tell. But um and it was just time to go. It's it's I know what my value is, and it was never about my salary. I appreciated everything I was getting from the store, but I'm the type of person where I don't just want to tread water. If I wanted to renew my contract, I could have collected money and accomplished nothing. And that doesn't make me feel good. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm just not that type of person. If you're paying me, I need to be able to do stuff. And if you're not willing to let me do stuff or giving me the resources I need to do stuff, I have to just, I have to leave. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't a bitter thing. It was, I don't like the way that the new person that they brought in handled things. And that's, I think, what you see in the Sarah special. I think Sarah and I did a good job at focusing on the fact that things weren't handled properly versus why I was leaving. I think why I was leaving, I couldn't be mad at because it was my decision. So it's not like the store fired me and now I'm I'm bitter about it. I was leaving and we were more... Um, we were more annoyed at how things were being handled from there. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was, that was essentially it. And I, I think it, it is what it is. And the store is going to always be the store. And there was never a thought that me leaving was going to change that. It right. was more about myself and you guys, like you guys do a podcast and there comes a point where you have to do, I mean, if you're doing a podcast, I consider you, consider you part of the industry, obviously. So anybody in this industry, there comes a point where you have to start looking out for yourself, or else there's no growth, and you you just you end up in a in a, in another spiral of of nothing. Absolutely. So that, well, growth in <laughs> any profession is huge, and yeah. It, but I know, think it, this industry, like this industry specifically, will beat you up on a good day. Sure. Yeah. So like not having this this self-worth or not having a good uh barometer of like okay it's time to tap out it's like you're in a wrestling match and your arm is disconnected from your shoulder <laughs> and you still don't want to tap out on your other arm because of your pride it's like no your other arm's broken you yeah, can yeah. tap now and people will understand yeah 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 um so for me it was like yeah if i can't do anything i don't just want to sit here and collect checks i want to 
accomplish something. I want to be able to produce stuff. I want to, I don't want to lose a, a, a year of my life doing nothing yeah. and having nothing to show for it. So I think that's what that was mostly about. And then, yeah, Sarah's the best. I, the one thing I, I wasn't worried about was anybody, like I said earlier, like the reason that I picked certain people to do the podcast, including Sarah's, I'm an idiot. I didn't like, we built out her set. We brought her on. The reason we pick, I picked these people was because I see them as like the talent that should be getting special attention. I don't think that's changed. I, I still, everybody that I, I was doing podcasts for, I still believe should be more well-known than they are, yeah. including like the new comics, like Katie, Katie, She's a hard worker. She knows what she's doing. She's great on social media. And she kind of just took this small thing that I offered her. And I was like, hey, we, we need to create these sub brands to kind of bring. There's just so many crossover audiences between comedy and horror, comedy right. and wrestling. So creating these like sub brands and finding the right people. And then she just took it off. She was all in. She was so it's just investing in them. And I'm not concerned about like them i wasn't concerned about what would happen after the new guy took over and and decided this show needs to go or this show needs to leave the network yeah. i wasn't concerned because these are just good talents yeah 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 they'll progress no I, matter what I, I could i could watch sarah highland mow the lawn oh, I, could, I, watch her no, I loved i loved your episode so funny. She, she sarah highland is is just She's she's a person, like I said before, naturally funny. She's someone you want to go out and hang out with. You don't hang care if the mic's yeah. rolling. You don't care if there's camera rolling. She she will you will have a good time with Sarah Highland. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. We had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's she's just amazing. But 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 you could feel that when you're talking to him, is like, yeah, we could shut this down, let's go get a beer or hang out and you'd have a great time. Right. Yeah, no, she she's one of those people who will always make you feel good. She's always just down for a laugh. Yeah, she there and there aren't a lot of people that are just good people like her in this industry. So being able <laughs> yeah. to meet a lot of them working at the store, her, Sarah Tiana, Fahim Anwar is another one who should be a fucking superstar right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen his special or you've seen him do stand-up live. Yeah. But he's another one that there's no reason he's not a gigantic star right now, other than just. Yeah, so, I, so, sometimes what? it's luck, you know, sometimes you just yeah. have to. Unfortunately, yeah. we're in that, you know, I've, what podcast was I watching today where they were talking? Oh, I was watching Mandy Martino and, and Josh Potter talk about it. Um, we're in this clip society now where everybody, you know, it's all clip, 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 clip. And if you get one to hit, you're the next big thing. But None of us know how to control the algorithm. If we did, we'd all be, you know. But you must have seen through your two years comics that you're just what you're talking about today. These guys are great, and then yeah. they they go nowhere or something, and just or other ones that aren't, and they make it. You don't know, but it, it's a very weird thing that I noticed. And I'll get back to the clip thing in a second because it's kind of funny. But okay. the one thing I noticed is you have the LA comics, you have the New York comics, and they all just do Middle America. And they very rarely get to the other side where it's like, well, while you're in town in New York, get on all these podcasts so the New York crowd knows who you are. And then right. while you're in L.A., get on all these podcasts so the L.A. crowd knows who you are. Middle America doesn't like I, I just don't think that's the place for discovery. I think that's the place where you're going to sell the tickets because they want to go out and they want to see these people from the coast as much as you hear, like not to get political coastal elites. 
that middle America, when you get people there to entertain you, even Bill Maher sells out yeah. in Republican states. Like that's just the way it works because you just want to have new entertainment flowing through that you don't see over and over and over again. Right. Like you, you could live in LA and see Whitney Cummings every night if you want to, sure. but in the middle of the, the woods somewhere, you just don't have that. So when she shows up, so that's why everybody gravitates there. And it's like, if they went a little bit further to the other side of the country, they're going to reach a bigger audience. And some of them are doing that now. I'm seeing a lot more of that now. They're like, like you'll see Fahim do, uh, do uh mark norman's podcast when he's over there yeah. and you'll see them come over here and do the west coast podcast but there needs yeah. to be more crossover like that I, I see a lot of the east coast guys boosting up the east coast guys and the west coast guys boosting up the west coast guys yeah and it's like it's just there there needs to be more crossover and that's the way to do it and to get back to the clips but the is there thing- but is there a thing about my, I'm going to prop my boys before I prop somebody across the country and that they're resisting the cross. Uh, no, I, th- I think it's just, it's just or pride that they're not going to go across. I don't know. No, they're just not in those areas. They're like, they're touring. You won't, you'll rarely see a, a like a featuring comic he- well, they, or a headlining comic that normally headlines the middle of, of, of America. You won't see them headlining in New York. Well, there's not that's there. not where okay. their fan base is targeted. Like, be, and that's the good thing about the digital world. Like you could go on Spotify, you could go on YouTube, you can go anywhere and look at the analytics and it'll tell you where the patch it. Like we used to do this in the music industry, where the listens are coming from, where the views are coming from. So you're like, oh, I have a big enough fan base here to book a 1500 person theater. Okay. This place I have about 300 people. I'll do a smaller club here. New York is a very hard market to just sell out a show unless you're a big name. So it's just, they don't go to the, to the other location. They're doing all the places around there. But um, in the clips, the thing that I notice now is if you look at a lot of podcast clips, like that pop up on your Facebook algorithm, they're not real podcasts. They're people that are just making money off the clips. They they film it in a studio. They film like a witty back and forth. But if you try to look up the podcast, does not exist. Oh. And that keep in mind, like if you want to have a good time, anytime you see a podcast with people you don't really recognize popping up on, uh, and it's a lot of young TikTokers that are doing that. They're creating clips that look like it's a podcast episode. They're, that podcast does not exist. You won't see any kind of name for the podcast anywhere on this. Yeah. It's very interesting what's going on now in marketing. And you're they're really just trying to get you over to their page with like a funny back and forth podcast hmm. exists. It's crazy. People don't realize that that's happening now. So you see all these podcast clips coming through your algorithm and you're like, oh, wow, there are a lot of podcasts. Start If you start looking deeper into them, you'll realize some of these aren't real. That's insane. Well, we're a real podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or we, we we identify as one. We identify as a real podcast. And that's what that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so what what are you up to now then? Now that you're gone, yeah, from the comedy store. Yeah, so leave, I've been doing, doing some nothing. freelance stuff. Yeah. Uh freelance stuff for a little bit. So I here here's the thing. I I, I can't talk about what I'm doing uh. next because I'm assuming they're going to want to do a press release. So I can't, it it sucked. The last two months have sucked. And that's why like 
I haven't been to the store a lot because I don't want to get the oh so what where are you now I can't I can't even talk about it yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm, okay. Um, or so, this could be an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it can be. I mean, depending on when it comes out. I would, yeah, I mean, we could re-record this if it comes out in a reasonable like. Well, I can tell I you right now, we're we're way we got a lot of them, and you're not going to come out until like January. Okay, so, so we, we can re-record this ending if <laughs> if the announcement happens before then. Hopefully okay. within the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, it's very exciting. I'm staying in comedy. Um, and that that's, I'll leave it at that. That's all you can say. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting. You shit. That's good. Yeah, that's all, that's all I'll say for now. But other than that, I'm really focusing on just pushing. Um, so I'm shopping a few scripted projects, uh, un, one or two unscripted. And then I'm really focusing on just pushing, building friendships out there. Yeah. And uh, just chilling. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, I never had a break in my career. So, like, I, I had a few weeks where I got to just lay low and just build Lego and edit and focus on the Lego series. And so it's been nice. And now that things are picking up and I'm uh, going to be doing some new stuff now, it's just a matter of when I'm allowed to talk about it. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Regardless, the best of luck to you, because we're excited to hear. Yeah, what no, this, I appreciate what it, it. But before we let great. you go, I have to ask you. You know, like a little bit of a selfish question, because we're obviously a fledgling. I mean, we're 150 episodes in, so not fledgling podcast, but we're a growing podcast. What advice do you have for us as a guy who's, you know, brought podcasts from the ground up and and, and made successful podcasts? What, you know, what advice do you have for the little guy who's trying to find his way? <laughs> so my my advice, and this is going to lead me into saying that you guys should do building friendships from afar. We'll figure it out for next season. Um, my advice is get on other podcasts. Don't because when you have people on your podcast, whether it's Sarah or me or Sarah Tiana or whoever, their fan base will come to you, but there's a good chance they're only coming because they're Sarah fans. Yeah. You might win some over and you'll retain some of it. But when you go on other podcasts, that person's following says, Oh, the host that we listen to every week, they're giving their seal of approval on these guests. We like these guests. We're going to now look at their stuff. Okay. Um, I think that's why comics who go on like Bobby's podcast, comics who go on Mark's podcast, they see a bigger return than if Mark or Bobby went on their podcast. They'll see a big spike when Bobby and Mark go there, but those are Mark and Bobby's fans. Not all of them are going to move over. When you go on their podcast, you're getting the seal of approval there's a good chance that people will carry over to you just to be like, Oh, we like those guys. Bobby likes these guys. This might be our way into Bobby. Let's see what these guys are up to. Yeah, that is great. Yeah, that's great. We're going to have to find, we have to find some, we were on we'll one. It just yeah. never got released. That's right. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been on the shelf yeah. for almost two years. It's been a little problem, but so. yes. yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you got, you guys also have a good setup and good mics. And I think, that's a selling point. Not a lot of people love doing Skype interviews. If, if they're uh, Skype, Skype, what year is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zoom interviews. So the fact that you guys have a nice setup and it's not going to look low quality on their end, yeah. a lot of podcasters will be open to that. Um, just because you're taking it seriously, you have a you have a set, you have mics, you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely we have a, we have a blast just talking to people. Yeah. So. It's it's yeah. definitely been a good way. That's a as a you know lifelong introvert. This has been a fun way for me to uh, 
get to talk to other people and and uh yeah we've, we've met so many fun people and it's, yeah it's a blast so but we, re- we 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 really appreciate you taking time to do this it's a lot of fun no thanks for having me i have nothing to offer you guys and i appreciate it well you know and we've, we've talked about it we'll have some people because we need them or or we think they'll be popular and others that we just want to talk to yeah yeah, you know? yeah no and that's i appreciate the bottom that line. that's no i love line. what you guys are doing you have you your 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 show is great and i think it's Again, it's different. It's like different. I, that That's the whole thing. It's like you need something different. And I think it's interesting that you like you guys have a setup, which I'll keep getting back to because you have all the pieces that make it a good podcast. So I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, if, if we can work that building friendships out, I speak for him. I yes, we would be thrilled. Absolutely. To do so Absolutely. yeah, no, I'll get I'll go. I'll mail you guys some sets. We'll figure it out once. I'm hoping to start season three in January. I'm just waiting to see what the next few weeks look like. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll set it up. Cool. Sounds awesome. good. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, John. Have some happy holidays and uh, happy new year. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, mate. Later, man. Oh, fucking. Did you say thanks, Pete? Well, thanks, I might have cut myself off. and thanks, I, I don't... I, I don't know what you were going to say. I, I don't either. I'm thinking back. When, what was I going to say? Thank-, Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast.